Hey, this is Brian with the Mid-City Vineyard Church Weekly Conversation and Podcast. If you want to learn a little bit more about Mid-City Vineyard, you can check us out online, midcityvineyard.org. Check us out on Facebook, Mid-City Vineyard, and of course, Instagram, at Mid-City Vineyard. Over the uh, last couple of weeks and the weeks coming up, we are in the middle of our Lent 2020 series. This year for Lent, we are reflecting on the last days of Jesus' life leading up to his crucifixion on Good Friday and resurrection on Easter Sunday. And so we're taking one day for each of the days of the last week of his life, and we're giving a week's worth of attention to them. And so this week, we were looking at the Monday, the day after Palm Sunday, the Monday in Jesus' life, when Jesus actually returns from Bethany, goes over to the temple, and begins turning tables over, uh, claiming that this is supposed to be a house of prayer and yet you have turned it into a den of robbers. And so we're going to unpack it, looking at uh, back at the prophet Jeremiah and some of the things that Jeremiah had to say, and look at the ramifications and what it might actually mean for us today as those who are looking and trying to follow the ways and teachings of Jesus. So we're going to head on over to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Much peace to you. Okay, so today we continue our series in Lent, and we what, what I mentioned to you last week, the last days of Jesus is how we're doing this. So we've taken, we're taking one day at a time leading up to Jesus' crucifixion on Good Friday, and we're breaking them up into the weeks. So last week, if you recall, uh, we were looking at Palm Sunday, the day that Jesus went into the city of Jerusalem through the east gate from the Mount of Olives on a donkey. And as we mentioned last week, this was what we would call a, it was a protest march. It was a counter procession as Jesus was moving into and going into Jerusalem from the east. So was Pilate, the Roman governor coming from the west with the full army, with the horse and the spears and the swords and the, the, um, the infantry and every, you know, the, the banners and eagles and the whole thing. And so this was a counter protest you you would in that day you would have known imperial army dude on a donkey these are very very different jesus is trying to say something that that day he marched down on the donkey uh down the mount of olives and goes across this bridge into the east gate the east gate of the city led right up to the temple and jesus would have It says in the scripture that Jesus went to the temple, hung out for a minute, turned around, left, went to Bethany to spend the night, and then came back the next day. Let's read Mark chapter 11. And you might jot this down if you don't have uh, the scriptures with you today, and you can can, uh, go back and check this out later. But Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 19 is the second day. So this would be Monday. Sunday was Palm Sunday, and then this would be the next day, Monday. And this is what the text in Mark 11 says. It says, The next day, Jesus was leaving Bethany, that's where he spent the night, and he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if the fig tree had any fruit on it. And when he reached reached it, he found that there was nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. So the tree wasn't supposed to have figs. It was out of season. 
And then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat from you again. And he cursed the tree. We did a, a message on this a bunch of weeks ago called What the Fig Tree. <laughs> on reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and he began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money changers. He overturned the benches where they were selling doves that would not allow anyone to carry merchandise, uh, or, and he wouldn't allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And then he began to teach, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it into a den of robbers. And then the chief priest and the teachers of the law heard, and they began looking for a way to kill Jesus. And they feared Jesus, because he had the whole crowd amazed at his teachings. And when the evening came, Jesus and his disciples left the city and went back to Bethany. All right, it's a little bit weird, and I'm excited to tell, talk to, talk about it. I want to show you a couple of pictures first. I'm gonna hobble over here. Okay, Mike, I have three pictures of the temple, and this is uh, I want to show you a couple of things because I, I just love this stuff. If you can see, so this is modern day Jerusalem. If you were to go to Jerusalem tomorrow, and you were to actually uh, go and you would see. The, the, this is called the temp, this is the west wall this is what you know as the wailing wall you know where today where Jews will go and say their prayers uh, Hasidic Jews are the, the, the Jews the men with the super long beards and the, the hair that comes down like this and they, they are praying around the clock at the wailing wall at the western wall the reason they do this is because the western wall kind of goes, actually there's, this is really fascinating, but there's a tunnel that goes underground, this western wall tunnel, and there are actually, this is where the temple was back in Old Testament days, right here. Now it's a, it's a mosque, I'll tell you about that in a minute, but this is where the temple was, and the Holy of Holies would have been right here. The closest place that, remember, the Holy of Holies was considered where the presence of God dwelt. This is where the Holy of Holies would be, under this western wall I walked in this tunnel a few years ago when I was there. You walk and you get to this one spot and there's this little, like, like this little indentation and there are women who are praying there round the clock. It's the closest place for a Jew that you can get to the presence of God in, in Jewish understanding. But this is, this is what's happening. Now, this is the old city of Jerusalem. Today, Jerusalem is divided into four quarters. You have the Muslim quarter, uh, the Jewish quarter, uh, you have the Arab quarter and the Christian quarter, and it does, you don't see all of that, but there's so much going on with the land. But this is right here. This would be, you see this, this right here, all of this concrete. This is what is called today the Temple Mount. That's going to matter in just a minute. All of this is called the Temple Mount. And today, the Dome of the Rock is the Muslim mosque that is built where the actual Jewish temple was built in the Old Testament. Okay, so that's what it would look like today if you went. The uh, Mount of Olives actually is over here. You would come down, Jesus would have come down the Mount of Olives and come into this gate over here. Okay, next slide. Okay, in Old Testament time, this is what the temple would have looked like. So Jesus would have come across this bridge right here. He came down the Mount of Olives, came across here, and he would come into the east eastern gate into the temple and this would have been the temple um, again the temple mount is all of this right here and then the temple took up a part of it 
just so you know, all this space right here, this is what was called the court of the Gentiles. The Gentiles were allowed in this area. They were not allowed in this gate, okay? They wouldn't have been allowed in this gate, but they would have been allowed in the, in the, within the main walls. Next slide. Now this one has a lot of writing on it, and I'm not going to... If you like history, though, you love this stuff. If you don't, I'm sorry. Okay, court of the Gentiles. All of this, all of this, court of the Gentiles. Beautiful gate that Jesus would have come in right here. Okay, he comes in right here. Just uh, so you know, this is the they they call this the the court of women. So women could get a little further, and then the men could get a little further, and then the priest could get. In here, the only people who could go into the Holy of Holies were the priests, okay, because they had all these rituals and they had to do all these things, and that's where they would actually make the sacrifices in this area and in the Holy of Holies, and that's where they would sacrifice animals and things like that. See, they even have the slaughterhouse to slaughter the animals here. Just for you, Antonio's fortress this is where Jesus was taken when he was arrested, and this is where he was chained up and kept, and this is where he was whipped, and all of those things in Antonio's fortress. Uh, throw that in for free. So, this is what you would have had. So when Jesus enters in, he would have come in this area. He would have come into the court of Gentiles. There would have been non-Jewish people. The Gentiles would have been praying, and they would have been interacting. Uh, I, one, one person that I, I read often would have said that this is kind of like the temple. It's kind of like what you might consider the Statue of Liberty for the Jewish people. You know, you, you see the Statue of Liberty, and, and, and it represents to us you know, oh, there's freedom, and there's it's it's land of the free, home of the brave. It, you know, it, it represents all those those kinds of a, a, a melting pot and a place where all people are welcome. It, it's a it's a focal point. Maybe that or the Empire State Building, those kinds of things. That's what the temple would have been like for the Jews in that day. Is that where the tables were in the corner? Yeah, well, the tables would have been in this area right here. Okay, so the tables would have come in here. So people would have come in, and this is where the tables would be. This is where they would be changing uh, money, changing. They would be selling doves and goats and those kinds of things in the temple uh, or in this in this court right here. And then they would take it a little bit further. And so this is Jesus would have come in, hung around, come in here and started flipping tables and doing things like that. Now, that's important. And, and the diagrams are important. Well, mostly because I love diagrams. It's really cool. You can keep that up there for just a minute, Micah. Here's how it works. Herod the Great, I mentioned him last week, he comes in, uh, he takes reign, uh, uh, what would have been, 30, maybe around 36 before Christ, and he comes in and he uh, is a architect and an engineer, and he starts building. I told you, he built palaces at Caesarea Maritima. He built palaces at uh, 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 Masada. He is the one who came in and built the Temple Mount. You've probably heard that term before, the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount was five football fields long and three football fields wide. It is huge. And that's 500 yards by 300 yards. I don't I, it, It's or not by 300 yards, but by whatever width. I mean, it's a huge space. Most of it is called the Court of the Gentiles. All this is considered the Temple Mount. It's what the temple is built on. The inner courts, again, is where the Jews exchange money. The Holy Holies priest makes the sacrifice. Okay, here's the thing. And most people don't understand this. The sacrifice system was okay. The money changing was okay. 
What was, what was, let me tell you about these things. First off, the sacrificing. The, the sacrificing of animals was an acceptable practice. Even Jesus would have been like, yeah, this is, I mean, you can do this. This is an acceptable practice. The temple was the only place where sacrifices at this point in time could be made. And the sacrifice was a way in that time for Jewish people to either create or maintain or restore good relations with God. That's how they understood the connection with Yahweh to go. And so we make these sacrifices. We, it's, a, it's a form of, it's an act of contrition. It's a way of us to, to offer something of ourselves to God. And so the sacrifice comes before God, and, and the Jews weren't the only ones who were sacrificing. I mean, this was, this was a, a practice across all kinds of religions and people. But, but the, the, the understanding was that the smoke from the, the sacrifice would be a, an aroma to the gods. And, and then uh, the gods would consume some of the food, and then there, the god would, but in Christianity, or in Judaism, God would share the food back with the people. And so they would actually have a chance to eat the sacrifices and, and to do some of these different kinds of things. It was an acceptable practice in Jesus' time. So Jesus would have probably been, probably been okay with it. Uh, prayer took place at the temple. Due to Herod's incredible design, Herod was a bad, bad, bad dude. But he, this part was nice. Because of his great design, he created the temple in a way that non-Jews could go and pray. They could get close. And before, they, they, they weren't even allowed close. So the court of the Gentiles was a, a space where Jew, uh, non-Jewish people could go and pray and offer up their prayers. And so in some form and fashion, this already served as a house of prayer, which makes Jesus's words kind of interesting. We'll look at in a second. And then temple selling, the selling of doves and goats and the money changing. What does that mean? Well, there was a temple tax. There was a tithe. There was, a, um, there was a, another way of giving offering and supporting the temple and supporting the system. And that would have been okay. It was in Old Testament law. But what would happen is people would come to Jerusalem from all over the region, and they wouldn't have the proper currency. And so they would need to trade out their currency and get the proper temple currency. Just like when you go to Mexico, you trade out your money for Mexican currency. Or when you go to Germany, you trade out your U.S. dollar for German currency so that you have the right currency. So that's what's happening. Money exchange, money changing. The selling of doves, the selling of goats. People didn't want to travel to Jerusalem with their goats because you had to offer a certain type of offering, an unblemished animal. You don't want to pick up your goat up in Nazareth and then walk for a week down to Jerusalem and your goat falls in a ditch and gets a broken leg, now you can't offer that goat as an offering. So you would go to the temple and you'd be like, hey, I need a goat. Here, I'll, I'll buy a goat. And you'd get, a, you'd get your goat or your dove or whatever it might be. Okay. So, great. If sacrifices, it seems like if Jesus is probably okay with those and if he's okay with the money changing because that has to happen and he's okay uh, 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 with the buying and the selling, of, of if he's, then what in the world is wrong with Jesus? I mean, why is he flipping tables? In the book of John, it says that he, he took some strands and made a whip and just started, like, the book of John makes Jesus look a little bit um, more unstable. But, you know, it says he's going around, he's not whipping people and he's not whipping animals, but he's just kind of, hey, this is supposed to be a house of prayer and you've turned it into a den of robbers, so what's going on? Pretty... Pretty interesting here. What's that? He was angry. He was angry. <laughs> was it about check the ch check this out. So in Jeremiah, 
some 600 years before Jesus comes onto the scene. Here's what the scriptures say. And remember, Jeremiah is a prophet in the Old Testament to the people of Judah. And this is what it says in Jeremiah. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Jeremiah, I want you to go stand at the gate of the Lord's house and there proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah. This is what God says. Reform your ways and reform your actions and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words that say, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. If you really change your ways and your actions and you deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the foreigner or the fatherless or the widow, if you do not shed innocent blood in this place, if you don't follow other gods to your own harm, I'll let you stay here in this place. But look, you have been trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. Will you steal and murder and commit adultery and commit perjury? Will you burn incense to Baal and, and follow other gods that you don't know? And then come and stand before me in this house, this house, which bears my name, and say, we are safe. We're safe to do all of these detestable things. Has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers? So 600 years earlier, Jeremiah is prophesying. He's speaking on behalf of God to the people of Israel. Remember, Israel had a job. Their job was to look like God to the world. Their job was to practice justice. Their job was to love mercy. Their job was to take care of the foreigners. Their job was to take care of the widows. Their job was to take care of the orphans. The jo their job was to take care of, in the New Testament, the word the least is used all the time, to take care of the least. That was their job. They weren't doing their job. They weren't looking like God. And so Jesus, or I'm sorry, so God sends Jeremiah to start saying these types of things. Basically, here's what Jeremiah is saying. Actually, this is what God is saying. Do you actually think that your divine worship excuses you from practicing divine justice? Do you think that looking out for your regular attendance at the temple is equitable to even distribution of the land? Remember that time, land was how people made money. Land, everyone was to be allotted land but what was happening was the rich were getting richer stealing the land from those who couldn't afford it and people were being pushed further and further and further and further to the margins justice and equi 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 equitability equality were not taking place in the context of this passage Jesus is not or, or Jeremiah boy all these G -G -G, Jeremiah is saying listen you can't go live however you want outside of the temple and then come in here and say, we're safe, we're safe, we're safe. He says, you're turning God's house into a den of robbers. No, you're acting amazing inside the walls. Good for you. But you're acting like nothing like God outside of the walls. That's where you're robbing people. And then you come in here and it's like you, you think you have this safe haven. Throughout all of the scriptures, all of the scriptures, Genesis all the way to Revelation, God always insists on justice 
over worship all the way through the scripture. I've mentioned this to you before. Not once will you find in the New Testament, in the Gospels, that Jesus says, come and worship me. Not once will you find Jesus say, come and worship me. But you will find Jesus say many times, come and follow me. Watch how I do it. Do this. God always insists on justice. For example, Old Testament prophets. I'm just going to read a couple of these to you. In the book of Amos, this is, these are the words that God speaks through Amos. I hate your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring burnt offerings, I don't accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I have no regard for them. I'm away, away with the noise of your songs. I'm not listening to your music anymore. What I want is for justice to roll like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Listen to what God says through Micah. With what shall I come before God and bow down before and exalt God? Shall I bring my bird to offerings? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil that I bring? Shall I offer my firstborn child? He who has shown you, O mortal one, what is good. And what does the Lord actually require? God wants you to act justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly with God. Isaiah. The multitude of your sacrifices, God says, what are they to me? I have more than enough burnt offerings. I love this one. I think God gets kind of sarcastic in this one. I have more than enough burnt offerings. Rams and fattened animals. I've got more than enough food. I'm doing all right. I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing me meaningless offerings. Your incense, no. Your new moons, your Sabbaths, your, your all these things. I can't bear this stuff anymore. I hate this stuff, actually. It's become a burden to me. I'm weary of bearing this burden. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes. And even after you offer your prayers, I'm not listening. Because your hands are full of blood. Wash yourself. Make yourself clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong, but instead do this. Learn to do what's right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Since God is just, and since the world does belong to God, then here's the, here's the bottom line. Worship cannot be separated from justice. Now here's how it works out in Jeremiah later on. One more passage and then I'll, I'll, I'll explain the Jesus thing. Early in the reign, this is back to Jeremiah. Early in the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, this is what the Lord said. Jeremiah, stand in the courtyard, stand in the Lord's house and speak to the people. And once again, say this. He says, tell them everything I command you. Don't omit a word. That tells you right there that Jeremiah is going to want to omit some words. This is probably going to get him in trouble. <laughs> stand and say exactly what I'm saying. Don't omit a word. Perhaps they'll listen and maybe they will turn from their evil ways. 
Then I will relent and I won't inflict on them the disaster that I was planning because the evil they have done. Say this. This is what the Lord says. If you do not listen to me, if you don't follow my law, which I have set before you, and if you don't listen to the words of my servants and prophets whom I have sent before you again and again, then I will make this house like Shiloh and this city a curse among all the nations of the earth. Shiloh was a city that was destroyed hundreds of years earlier by the Canaanites. It was the city where the Ark of the Covenant actually was kept. Here's what Jesus, or here's what God is saying. If the people don't turn from their evil ways, if they keep oppressing others, if they don't start looking like me, then the temple's going to be a done, done away with. I'm just, I'm, because they're putting, they're turning it into something it's not. They're turning it into a den of robbers. They, they're acting like it's the safe haven, like it's the place that insulates them from all the crap they're doing to people. It's like, you got to stop doing it. Or I'm just going to, I'm going to take the temple away. I'm just going to destroy the thing. In Jeremiah, that passage I just read, if you read just a few more sentences down, it says that the high priest, the chief priest, and the people all became angry and said, this guy needs to die. The chief priest, the high priest, the elders, and the people. This guy is speaking against the temple. This guy needs to die. And then just one verse later it says, but then the people calmed down a little bit and they backed off. 600 years later, Jesus, a counter procession to Pilate's evil, violent type of empire. Jesus comes marching in on a donkey, goes into the temple. <clears throat> it's evening. There's not a lot of people at the temple. Jesus looks around, surveys. Jesus knows, you know what, this will be this will make for a better demonstration if I come back in the morning. There's going to be more people in the temple in the morning. So he tells his disciples, hey, let's go. We're leaving. We're going to Bethany. Go give this donkey back to their owner. I can walk from here. We go to Bethany. I'm going to curse a fig tree. That's going to confuse you. And we're going to come back when this place is packed. Tomorrow. Jesus comes in. He's not attacking the sacrifice, the sacrificial system. He's not attacking the changing of money. He's not even attacking necessarily the priesthood. What Jesus is doing on this morning is he's pitting the way of God against the way of the empire. He's pitting the way of God against collusion between the temple and the people and the empire. He is rolling in and he's saying justice has not been served. This is not just, hey, I'm mad at the temple because of something that happened yesterday. This is 600 years in the workings. This is the fulfillment of prophecy where God's been saying, listen, if you don't start practicing justice, you can't keep coming in here and turning this place and acting like everything is okay. It's not okay. I'm not okay with the way you're treating people. Because I wouldn't treat people that way. And you represent me. And so you've got to treat people the way I would treat people. Jesus is saying Jerusalem needs to be reclaimed. And we're not reclaiming it by some violent takeover. We're not pulling out our swords. We're not pulling out our spears. We're not, we're not killing people into the kingdom in the way of God. We're loving them. We're practicing justice and we're practicing mercy. We're not doing this by violent revolution. The temple ritual has to empower justice 
rather than excuse someone from justice. Jesus is condemning and he's coming down on the violent domination system where the the powerful few get all the stuff. And everyone else is just kind of fending for themselves. Jesus is saying, no, have you been watching how I do it? I find the ones who are hungry and I give them food. You know, I find the ones who are sick and we, we, we live in community and we pray for each other and we, we work these things out. Like we take care of each other. We've got to figure this out. Jesus stands with the prophets of old against the, the imperial revolution, against the entry and in, in the, the exercise of violence against others. And then when Jesus says stuff like, destroy this temple and I'll build it back in three days. Remember that? They're like, are you kidding? It's taken hundreds of years to build this thing. Well, when Jesus flips the tables, in essence, he's saying, this whole system, I'm, I'm shutting it down. You'll still come into this temple every now and then probably, but the way that you've been doing it, this is, a, this is a, uh, it's another very prophetic kind of way that Jesus speaks since Jesus is a prophet. He's just flipping the tables. He's saying, all right, this is over. This is done. The system that you have, it doesn't work. We're destroying it. We're shutting it down. Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Seventy years later, the temple was actually destroyed. But when he said, you destroy this temple, and I'll build it back in three days, what Jesus was saying was, everything that you understand God to be, you keep coming to this place, what you really need to do now is look to me. You want to know what God is like? Look at me. You want to know how to interact with your community? Look at me. You want to know how to Love people, look at me. You want to know how to practice justice, look at me. Well, but what is that not going to, if I practice some of those things, that might cost me. It might. That's, that's kind of the deal. I think that's why we don't practice it sometimes. Because it could cost me something. I think that's what Jesus is inviting us into. Jeremiah, the priest, the chief priests, the elders, and the people said, this guy needs to die. And then they backed off. Jesus comes flipping tables. The high priests, the chief priests, the elders, the people, this guy needs to die. They didn't back off this time. This is what got Jesus killed. This is the stuff that got Jesus killed. Jesus started speaking for justice, for mercy, for grace, for forgiveness, for healing, for the way of God, living out the way of God. And it threatened people's security. It threatened the way they, their livelihood. The only people who could kill and crucify were the Romans. The chief priests and the elders and the people had to, had to connive this way because they knew if this guy gets his way, we could lose what we have. We need him out of here. So my question would be, and this is a question I've been asking myself all week, and I'm not, I don't think we're going to open the floor for this one. I, 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 want, I'm, I want you to go home and really think about it. But what does this kind of stuff mean for us today? Like, really, what does this mean for us today? How do you stand for justice? How do you stand for mercy? 
How do you stand for the least or for the unpopular or for the outcast? How do you stand in the gap for the minority, whether it's the racial minority, the economic minority, the sexual minority, the, 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 whatever it might be, the, the weak minority? How, we, how do we practice it? Because it's one thing to believe it. It's one thing to walk into these walls and say it. It's a completely, it really is just a different thing to actually live it. It's, it, 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 it's threatening in some ways. How do we how do, we do it? Because I do, I, it, you know, if there was going to be a correlation, temple, to modern day, it would be, it would be Jesus, if, it would be Jesus walking into churches where the people of God gather together and would he would Jesus flip tables would he I, and I'm I, I don't I don't have an answer I'm, I'm really I'm searching out my heart I'm, I'm allowing this to challenge me in every which way I mean especially I'm thinking through I, I, everything it all matters I mean I'm thinking through it it matters you know how it, do we our political thoughts and how how we vote do we just vote for what is good for me or do are we trying to trying to open this thing up like what's good for people i i'm asking does jesus walk in and flip our prayer table and say i don't want your prayers i want your justice like i want you to i want you to look like me does he flip our communion table? i want you to look or or does he come in and go yeah yeah this is good good come and eat the bread and drink the juice Take my life in and keep doing what you're doing because you're living it out. Like is, I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. But I often wonder if the people in the temple were like, well, what do you mean dinner robbers? What, what, we're not. There takes a certain level of self-awareness here and, and real gut level honesty. And it's not going to always be comfortable. I I told you last week, Jesus says, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross. Pick up your cross. And Brian, your gimpy leg is not your cross. Remember, we said that last week. Like, This is not my cross to bear. It's a pain in the ass to bear, but it's not my cross to bear. Right? The cross. Remember, the only people who could get put on the cross were those who came up against the system and were a threat. That's, that's where the cross comes in. So today I'd like to conclude with just a moment of reflection. If you really want to put this to the test, the prayer that you might utter under your breath is, Holy Spirit, this week, would you reveal to me areas in my life where maybe you would want to challenge? You open my eyes to places where perhaps justice and mercy are not rolling that I'm not even aware of because that's, you know. That would be a prayer. It's, it's going to be a dangerous prayer, but if that's, if you're, you know, and then I'd pray that prayer every day this week. But I'm going to stop talking for a minute and just give us a moment to, to reflect on the actions and the words of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we, we just, we give these moments, this moment of silence, we, we turn this, our mind's heart, our mind's eye, our heart's attention to you. Say, Holy Spirit, come.
now. 